Tēnā mai, haere mai, ki tēnā hōtaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you now. Reports of a breakdown State Highway 2 blocking a southbound lane towards Tauranga near the intersection of Murrilees Road. So do follow directions of emergency services and response crews in the area. Let's check into the coalition talks today. Act Party leader David Seymour, he's flown to Wellington today. And Winston Peters, he's spoken for the first time this afternoon. That just after four. Also to the city where they pay 20% more for their power. We take a look at energy hardship in this area. And e-scooter riders are a bigger risk to themselves than to pedestrians, says a new report from Wakakotahi. Do you think e-scooters have made your CBD a better place or is there a special place in hell for e-scooters? Let me know. And Fish and Game NZ, they're trying to encourage people to take up angling and hunting as part of a rewild campaign. Now, one person who really benefits uh, from getting out in the wild is Dame Linda Top. Dame Linda Top joins the panel this afternoon. And it is Play Week this week, recognising the fundamental importance of that simple thing. It's called play. So my question of the day is this. What was your favourite game at school growing up? What would you rush out of the class for at play or lunchtime when that bell rang? Me? I'll start. It was Bull Rush. What's yours? Text me, 2101. Email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me, Sally Wenley, freelance journalist. Kia ora, Sally. Kia Wallace. Nice to have you here with us also in uh, Christchurch. Anton Matthews, entrepreneur, director of Hustle Group, Te Rau Māori champion. Uh, Kete pehe koe, Anton, how are you? Tēnā koe, Wally. Ora anna hau. Tēnā koe, Wallace. Great to be here. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And to this, well, we here at the panel like to take the pulse of communities around the Motu. It's really what we do here. What issue do you have in your community, your street? And when you stroll out to your letterbox, what do you see? When Dylan strolls out to his previously quiet street, an unassuming street in Tairawhiti, Gisborne, what he hears, boy races, the throb of a Nissan Skyline R32 GTR, or maybe an E30 BMW M3, or Dylan's the graphic designer, he chose Gisborne as his home for the last six years, he loves it, welcome Dylan. Uh, hi, hi, Wallace. How are you? Good. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks for joining us. Now, firstly, can I ask, six years on Gisborne, gorgeous part of the country, overall, a good place to call home? Oh, I love it. It is the greatest place I've ever lived. I love being in New Zealand in general. Gisborne's is, is the best. Where are you from originally? I'm from Northern California, Berkeley, California. Nice. So Gisborne's home, except... Back to your street, Dylan. Well, What's the yeah. issue? <laughs> so, you know, it was a dream come true to move here to uh, such a beautiful place and, and get our own home. And it's we're on a lovely street, great neighbors, but there's been an uptick on our street. Some of the young boys have grown up a little bit and got some loud cars, but it's not just the people in our neighborhood. There's people who don't live on our street and it's just all over town as well, a real uptick of cars that are just so loud. I can't <laughs> even really believe how this is even legal to have a car this loud. And um, 
just basically children are driving them. Um, uh, and I, there's not much you can do. We're right on sort of a round corner. So they, these cars just go real fast and real loud. And it's really affected our quality of life. And we've even been talking about moving, getting another oh, place. Really? Which is a massive, well, we have. Um, but the reason I actually reached out to you guys is because I went to the police, the police station the other day just to see if they had any pointers for me or what. And when I asked the woman behind the counter, she just laughed and shaked her head and said, oh, this is everyone's favorite topic right now. So a lot of people have been complaining. And then her and the policeman working there both started to tell me how on their street where they live, they have the same problem. And they can't even do anything about it themselves, and they work at the police station. Well, Dylan, um, we've got a panel with us, and I do know from personal experience of some of these Nissan Skylines, Sally Wendley, whew, they soup them up. They and sure they, do. Uh, you know, those mid-80s Nissans, boom. Oh. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Dylan, so what are they doing? Are they speeding or are they doing skids? Is it what we'd call boy racing? Drifting. Yes. Well, they no, well, they're not drifting, but there has been some skids. One of our neighbors was doing burnouts right in his backyard, just stationary and just spinning the wheels. Um, but some of these cars, honestly, even when they're they are driving normally, it's just so loud. You know that you can almost feel the ground shaking. Um, and I just don't know if there's laws or if they're being, it just seems like nothing's being enforced and there's really nothing, even if you do see them speeding and you get the plate number, nobody, it's your word against theirs. And it just so seems did, like there's absolutely no consequences. Dylan, I'm surprised that the police had such an apparent ambiguous response because I think it was in 2009, the boy racer legislation was introduced and that gives okay. the courts the power to destroy an offender's car, but they have oh, to be goodness. caught three times, and then they can just they can squash the them. Issue. And also, there wow. is a noise limit for mufflers and a height limit for your suspension. Um, do you okay. know when you spoke to the police if if they have actually investigated? No, well, no. I mean, they just said. <laughs> They said they could talk to them if you called and had their plate number. They didn't say anything. What you just said is news to me. Um, and they they empathized with me, but it was like, we wish we could do something. <laughs> that well, was sort of the... Uh, yeah, interesting. Isn't it? So I didn't know that, actually. There's that there's that limit off the ground, but I do know the noise limit. Uh, Anton, I guess this speaks to the fact that, you know, anything can happen in your street, hey, and sometimes it's beyond your control, quite sadly. Yeah, I mean, well, usually it's beyond your control. You know, it pays to get to know your neighbours, obviously. But, yeah. Um, yeah, as far as who comes down your street, you're right. It's absolutely beyond your control. Um, yeah, no, look, I agree. I mean, the, the boy races, and certainly in my part of the world, in Christchurch, they seem to get a bit of a hard time. Every time I drive down Morehouse Ave, um, after dark, the police do a pretty good job, I think, of um, making their job, making their lives hard, it seems, anyway. So I'm surprised that you got that response from the police. Um, what I was going to say, though, um, if you do find the right person in Gisborne, can you give them my number and tell them to get in touch and do something about the fireworks down my street? Because they're a blooming pain in the bum. Yeah, the see, that's another issue. 
<laughs> I, I think it'll be showing my age. I'm sure, I'm sure there was a time where I, I had great fun letting off fireworks, but I think the older I get, the less, um, or the more they irk me, especially yeah. when I've got a three-year-old who's just nodded off and then all of a sudden, bang, outside the window. That's like, oh, it. Go all bang, 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 it's 14 past 10, exactly. Uh, in terms of, um, Dylan, um, some might call what boy racers do a sport or or culture, it does take a lot of skill to drift. Yeah, well... <laughs> How do you I know, mean, Wallace? Yeah. Have you done it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been invited to drift. I have been invited. I haven't taken an hour, but uh, I got to know um, some drifters through Farno. What do you think of that, Dylan? Well, sure. I mean, you know, it's not my thing. I, I, I'd like to see him see them all gone but if if it's going to happen go out you know gisborne has got plenty of open road if you want to go out somewhere where no one's around or somewhere else go there yeah. i mean that's not uh, i assume that's not legal either but it i wouldn't have a you know we're in a, a, a real built-up suburb neighbor suburban neighborhood you know um got it's it. just we there's kids everywhere i have a six-year-old oh. i mean it's just and you never know, you know, who's worked a late shift, who might have, who might be sick, who's taking a nap. I mean, it's just so disrespectful. It, it just, it just, and it's, it's a bit like someone yelling in your ear. It's this involuntary. I mean, you just can't mm. not let it bother you. Um, anyway. Well, Dylan, I'm sure we'll get a response from this, uh, and uh, really appreciate your time. And I, look, I hope it works out. I hope they find another cul-de-sac or another round corner to go and maybe move there for a year and uh, leave you to peace and quiet because you've come here from uh, California. You just love the place and uh, you want to be happy in your home. So all the best, Dylan. Thanks for being with us on the panel. Thanks so much, Wallace. That's still in the graphic designer in Tairafati, chosen Gisborne uh, as his own. If you've got a little community issue that you'd like to raise with us, why don't you get in touch with me, the panel at rnz.co.nz. Um, your games that you used to play at school, they're, they're coming through. Oh, I love them. Padder tennis. Remuera Intermediate in the 70s was out the door every break. We rushed to the court, says Ian, the Westie from Auckland. Oh, Padder tennis. That's some great memories. All right, time for I've Been Thinking. Sally Winley, what's your IBT for us this afternoon? I've been thinking about my cookbooks. Um, I, For a few years, I just went onto my computer. Well, that's an old-fashioned term, isn't it? And would just go Google a recipe and use that. But I've got sick of the thesis length description and all of these things that these cooks or whoever have on their websites and the recipes sometimes are a bit hard to decipher and all the ads pop up now through algorithms or whatever it is. So I've gone back to my old cookbooks and included in that repertoire is my mother's and my grandmother's. Look at this. And I've got them in front of me and it's actually, it's like a happy memory. Um, So just my cookbook starts when, when my daughter was not even a year old and I've included, I've got photos of her and dressed oh, up in in her little cooking outfits and there's photos of her with her mouth in the chocolate bowl and chocolate everywhere. And so I just go through my cookbook and find a relevant recipe and I'm really loving getting back to the basics. And also my mother's cookbook, um, and this is from the 60s, I was looking through that and it's got a recipe for like how to cook brains and um, there's sheep tongue. (laughs) So it's... 
it's a it's almost like a trawl through history and happy memory. So I'm just feeling really chuffed that I've gone back to the old fashioned recipes and really, really enjoying it. This is and, and looking and, at Mum's book, look at the yeah. writing. Oh, and there's muesli. Give me, give me a look, yeah. yeah. And there's pickled onions. Oh, pickled oh, onions you've got. And in my book, there's oh, there's a, hey, a rolled your, oats stuck between the pages. You've got your kumquat jam. Yep. yep. And the popular ones have got um, a smear of chocolate sauce and a chutney on it. And there's the meatloaf recipe. This is And beautiful. it's just... It's just fun, and so I have rejected the online recipes, and I'm looking through these nice old cookbooks and having a good laugh too, and it reminds me of my mum and what would have been her grandmother, all handwritten and roly polies, y- yellowing pages, roly polies, and it is very it good is selling. fun, and they're really great recipes. Who knows what roly polies are? Two one zero one. Time for I've been thinking with Anton Matthews. Take it away, Anton. Yeah, Wallace. Yeah, my one's a bit. It's a bit deep and meaningful, really. But I've been reflecting a little bit, thinking about this thing, happiness, and I've been thinking mm-hmm. about how much you know. It sort of dawned on me how much the world has advanced over the last decade or two or five. You know, um, we've come a really long way if you think about technology and health and things like life expectancy. Our medicines are much stronger and better nowadays, and we're much safer by most um, standards than you know today than we were five, ten, twenty, thirty, forty years ago. So for most of us, I think you know our lives are better, but so in theory we should be much happier, and yet it seems that we're just as unhappy as, we, or if not more unhappy than we've ever been. And I sort of been reflecting on that individually. It would seem that you know for most of us, our lives are better in 2023 than they were, say, in 1953 or even 2003. But I think what's interesting to me is that a lot of those improvements have happened for all of us as a as a society as a whole, and so mm. everyone. Uh, has been the beneficiary of, you know, the iPhone and the internet and uh, all of these new medicines and everything. And so relative to everyone around us, we're actually no better off. Um, And so what's occurred to me, or what I find fascinating, is that in order for us to be happier, it would seem as though we need to be improving uh, in relation to those around us and just improving our lives, getting better, isn't isn't actually helping us, isn't causing us to be more happy. So find that interesting really yeah, yeah really, really interesting thoughts really good stuff both you Sally Winley and Tom Matthews do stay with us this afternoon on the panel here on RNZ National <laughs>